by now it's public um, to most people that I am running to become the 42nd mayor of Colorado Springs. What do you see most common with a business that fails? What are they not doing? Yeah, he wants to know what what you're going to do to make it easier to start and sustain business in Colorado Springs. She just wanted to, to know what your first order of business would be when, when you get office. And now a word from our sponsors. Planet Duct offers astronomical air duct cleaning with the most powerful vacuum trucks in Colorado. They have taken air duct cleaning to a new intergalactic level that is far more powerful and proactive than any on the market in El Paso County or Southern Colorado. Reach out to Planet Duct for any of your air duct cleaning needs. Our next sponsor is the People's Tiny House Festival. The People's Tiny House Festival is the nation's largest gathering of simple living, featuring van conversions, bus conversions, and tiny houses, of course. Catch the event in Loveland, Colorado, July 16th and 17th at the Ranch Events Complex. Get your tickets at People's tinyhousefestival.com slash tickets. Recon Marketing is the fastest growing social media agency in Colorado. Recon focuses on becoming an extension of your business while providing social media management, review management, and digital marketing. Recon Marketing, putting you on the radar. Our next sponsor is Sheath Underwear. Sheath Underwear has a pouch for the boys. It is everyday underwear for every man. 100% money back on the first pair if you don't like it. Visit sheathunderwear.com and enter the code COSBP20 to get 20% off your order. Welcome back to the COS Business Podcast. My name is Andrew Hasley, and I'm the host of the show. Today, I'm sitting here with Yemi Mobilade, the owner of Wild Goose and Good Neighbors Co- Meeting House. You don't say coffee house, though. No, we don't say coffee <laughs> house, and there's a reason. It is meeting, it's a meeting house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because uh, what, what is that reason? Well, um, we, my business partner and I, Russ, where we're trying to redefine the concept of a public house. Yeah, yeah. Which is a public gathering place mm-hmm. um, we know it as pub house but when his the historical meeting were the center places the public met when they were not at home or work and so these were places that people gathered to meet yeah yeah and so, now a pub kind of means you know that's where you go with your right, place to get drunk right exactly <laughs> so it's like public house a meeting house a, a gathering place so we, we wanted to trigger in people's minds that uh, that concept re and give new language to an an age-old experience. And I, I like that, the, the, the meeting house concept, because before I got in business, I actually never even went to a coffee shop once. Wow. <laughs> Maybe a Starbucks? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'd say that's true of me, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then so it's like I never, like, coffee coffee shops are actually, you know, places where people meet. Right. For business, that's right. that's. I mean, that's what I. That's how I look at it. Or you know, some people go there to, to do to study right. to to work. But I mean, I've only ever gone to a coffee shop for for a right. coffee meeting. <laughs> right. No. Uh, for 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 business, for personal reasons, to celebrate um, um, significant um, anniversaries. And uh, my favorite is uh, for many people I've spoken with, um, the Wild Goose was the the place where they had the first date. Interesting. It has been a first date place for a number nice. of people. Nice. So yeah, yeah where, where you meet. So expanding the the definition right. of what it is. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I like that. That's cool, man. So right. yeah, can you uh, tell us a little bit about what you got going on and uh, nothing? Nothing. I, I am bored. <laughs> I'm bored to death. I know, man. You don't do anything. Dude. <laughs> no. What do I got going on? Um, by now, it's public um, to most people that I am running to become the 42nd mayor of Colorado Springs. Nice. My announcement was. About 12 days ago at America the Beautiful Park. We it's had, only been 12 days? It has been 12 days. It feels days. like yesterday. <laughs> it does feel like yesterday. Trust me. Yeah. Um, and there were about 300 people that came to the announcement. Um, very diverse group of um, residents and business leaders. And even the former mayor, Mary Lou Makepeace, was there too. And, uh, nice. Yeah, I, she, I didn't know that. Okay. She surprised me. I Just right before I walked up on stage, um, as somebody whispered in my ear, Mary Lou make pieces here, audience right in front. When was she the mayor? Um, between, I believe, 96, 97, and 20, 2003. Okay. Yeah, um, she's been a city council member. She really um, has done a lot of good for this community. And really, I, I really feel honored to follow in her footsteps as um, just paving the way. Well, in her case, uh, just a new generation of elevating women, women in, in leadership in this community, which we do need. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm proud of the work she's done. I'm, and I'm proud to follow in her footstep and in the footsteps of several other leaders uh, in this community as well. Nice. So, yeah, so about 300 <laughs> people were, were there. And then we had a celebration at 
Kawadi Uprise downtown, which is a food hall. Mm-hmm. Um, about five, six hundred people came to that. Wow, and okay. I, I gave a speech at American and Beautiful Park, and then I gave a shorter speech at Kawadi. There was five to six hundred people inside Kawadi? Yeah, I mean, that place could <laughs> it hold. Is, it is big, yeah. It could hold, <laughs> uh, we were told it could hold up to a thousand. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, um, yeah, great, great day. Great day. Uh, a surreal moment and almost like an outer body experience for someone like me. Yeah. Because that is, um, I'm not, I'm not the typical candidate. I am not. The, mm-hmm. I haven't followed the pathway that most uh, politicians do. I, I never thought I'd be the guy that would be stepping up to lead mm. in that capacity. So, uh, in many what's the ways, difference? Uh, the the non typical sides, you think? It, it's it's new. Mm-hmm. It's very new. Okay. Like I've never done this. I have never run for office. I've never held a public office. Position. Yeah, yeah. I don't even have a political party. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't. I don't. Um, um, I was. I, I was speaking to the governor's fellows on this past Thursday. I am mm-hmm. a. I am a governor's fellow from the 2019-2020 class. I don't know what that is actually. I actually have my pin. So the the governor's fellowship is um, um, it's modeled after the White House fellowship. Okay. And it 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 recruits some of the best and brightest across the state of Colorado and in, introduces them into the highest level of, of state government. And so that you you understand how the state works, you're introduced to leaders, the governor's office, and you have peers across the state, business leaders, and, and the whole idea is to infuse a, um, an imagination and a commitment of public service okay. to nonprofit leaders and business leaders and the best and brightest. And so I have a cohort of about 16 friends across the state Nice. Um, Grand Junction and just all over and yeah, I seen you posting. You were you were talking to the former mayor, like of Grand Junction, I think, right? Of Salida. Salida. That yeah, was it. Yeah. I, that, yeah. I did. I did have. Uh, so after my announcement, I decided to go on a short personal retreat, mm-hmm. um, just to regain my mental energy and clarity. And so I announced and disappeared for uh, a couple of days. And I was uh, I spent one of those days in Salida. Nice. I hung out with the mayor of um, the former mayor of Salida, who's now running for um, to be a county commissioner. Okay, he was strongly encouraged to stay. We need you. He's a, he's actually a business leader. He owns Woods Distillery. Okay, yeah, and so we got to talk about business and um, affordable housing crisis and and the relationship between the two cities. And they were very welcoming. They actually, he and his buddies actually said, "Hey, when you get your yard signs." Oh, we yeah. would love to have them in Salida, so that when Colorado okay. Springs people come to Salida, they for can sure, see Yemi for mayor. We can we can help promote you. Yeah, yeah. So that was a good trip. Are, are you getting Are you getting the yard signs? We will be. Uh, you know, uh, the strategy was to wait on the yard signs mm-hmm. because the real competition and the real campaigning begins in November. I mean, it goes. It's happening right now, but mm-hmm. the, one of the challenges, and this is really important for the viewers to to hear, is um, our most significant elections in this community I held in April. Mm-hmm. It's why I chose to announce April 4th. Okay. So 12 days ago, a year from election day. Okay, so we got a whole I am year trying to... to unhide that date. Mm-hmm. That date is fairly hidden. So what's, what, what this would, what this would t- typically look like is there's more participation in the November midterms mm-hmm. and then little to no participation in April. Okay. So the average voting age in April is about 60 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about usually 30% of um, registered voters actually vote. Mm-hmm. It's, a, like a, it's a fairly small number yeah. of residents that are deciding who the, next, the number? who the next mayor is. Okay. Yeah, it's a, it's a fairly small um, percentage of our residents that are deciding who the next mayor is, who the next city council member is. So I, I am trying to activate people to go and say, that day matters, April 4th matters to you vote for your city vote for colorado springs and by doing so vote for me too mm-hmm. um and so i'm calling people to really choose their city um so what can be confusing is i am running at the same time all these november elections are happening and so one of the reasons why we took we, we the campaign team questioned or not whether or not to do yard sign if we put yard signs now are people going to be looking for my name in november Mm, okay. As opposed to waiting till November after November eight, and then activating those. 
but we might be changing that strategy just because there's a there's been a huge demand for mm. some of those things right now. So as a business leader, you guys get it. How can you be creative in your messaging? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, how and that's, that's right. going to be one of my next questions. Actually, right. was how are you taking what you've learned with your business into this campaign to help? I guess you help you win. <laughs> oh, um, it's one hundred and twenty percent that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I there's um, I I feel as though I have an added advantage of, um outsider looking in mm-hmm. at the same time i'm an insider because i love this community colorado springs is home for my family and me but i've never done politics mm-hmm. so i've i've looked at this as an as the next entrepreneurial experience as the next business mm-hmm. start um uh, one of the things i also do is i i serve as the interim director for thrive network which is a business development organization in mm-hmm. southeast so we're teaching them business development skills with the hope of, of them starting businesses in Southeast and mm-hmm. hiring Southeast residents and transforming the South, South Side community. Why is that that important for, for people to get into business? Oh, gosh, because it's, um, it's everything. It's, uh, it is the way out. It is my story. Mm-hmm. I did a presentation yesterday at the Broadmoor to the Dakota Foundation asking for funds for Thrive. And I started with my story. I said... Um, I'm a West African immigrant. I moved to this city with $15,000 um, as a pastor. I was starting a church, my first mm-hmm. start startup. But it wasn't until the wild goose was born that it really made a difference for me in this community. It not only made a difference for me economically, it made a difference for me socially, it made a difference for me in my leadership abilities and skills. It thrust me literally into city leadership mm. and i want that for every single person especially our southside residents that often uh, are missing out mm. from this type of experiences that we have so that's why i'm passionate about that organization so when i gave that presentation yesterday i said um, here's my story and here's this story of the wild goose this story of good neighbors this story of see what i love you and all the other things i've been a part of has thrust me now to this opportunity to be able to help lead the city. And those are the success stories that it's not just true of me, but for many people. And let's increase access for others to others. For sure, man. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so to just to wrap up that in your question, I, I told the Thrive New Class, I said, just like you guys are starting your entrepreneur endeavor, I've started a new one. It just happens to be running for public office. But all the principles that we're teaching you is the same. Mm-hmm. From, the, from nurturing the idea, from trying to define what problem you're trying to solve, from developing the team and the different parts of the team. I said, it's, I, I am in the middle of a startup. Yeah, yeah. And so what, is it even possible? Because I'm running my business by myself. And this is a question I just randomly thought of, you know, like, is it even possible to win an election without a team? I don't even know. Like, <laughs> Well, there are different types of businesses. As yeah, you yeah. know, there's sole proprietorship, mm-hmm. there's partnership. And um, in the world of election, I would say that you think it's you have to think of it more as a partnership or a corporation. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I, yeah, I actually yeah. have an army of volunteers, about 50 of them. Nice. And I, I, I excel well in numbers. Mm-hmm. in motivating and uh, empowering large numbers of people. I excel well in um, team development. And so even though I'm working with volunteers, I have to think about the different roles. You know, it's, it's the same thing. You're thinking about mm-hmm. who's, who your, who's, your, who's your executive team, who's yeah, your yeah. chief of staff, who are your board of directors. I have 12 board of directors. Okay. And who do you say yes to in terms of your board of directors and who do you say no to? How do you get that set up? What skills do you what skills do you bring? Um, it's a it's a lot of one on one meetings, um, inspiring people, and then asking for help. Um, and not everyone's going to say yes. Sometimes you're told no. Mm-hmm. Rejection is part of the entrepreneurship process. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we, te- we we teach our thrive community. We actually give them reject. We ask them to. Um, they need five rejection assignments. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And <laughs> because it it builds confidence when mm-hmm. when you you when you know how to receive no mm-hmm. or to be rejected. And so not everyone says yes, 
but you just keep moving forward and asking and and inspiring and and I have the best team. It's uh my my imposter syndrome is at an all time high. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. So I have a team of board of directors. I have um a chief of staff, a deputy chief of staff, I have um directors that I had in the technology team, the events team, my treasury team, I mean different types of teams. So it's and I think that's the competitive edge I have as a candidate. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm giving my strategy to the public, but it's it's that. Mm-hmm. It's what you just asked me, Andrew. It's bringing the business imagination and that leadership to a campaign trail. And this is and this example is how I fully intend to lead the city mm-hmm. in an inclusive, collaborative, and empower empowered way of empowering people. Yeah. Yeah. And I like I actually I embrace giving giving away strategy. You know, <laughs> because what I think is that if you do that and someone else sees that and they happen to be better than you, then that's probably better, right? <laughs> right. Well, also, and in, in our case, Andrew, I think, uh, I believe, not I think, I believe our city will be better for it. Mm-hmm. Um, what also makes me a, a unique candidate and an orthodox candidate is I've sat with people who, when I tell them that I, I wish my contenders, my opponents well. Mm-hmm. I said, um, uh, we are trying to, my campaign team and I are trying to disrupt campaigning in this community. We're trying to disrupt American politics in the mo- in the best way that moves mm-hmm. our city forward. And we're trying to elevate the way campaigning has been done. Let's grow up. Let's, let, in the way we think about excellence in the business world. And if it means my opponents step up their game. Yeah. <laughs> if it means that they get better, gosh, that helps me to go to sleep at night. I, because mm-hmm. I want them to do well. Because at the end of the day, regardless of who win, if we all grow in our leadership, if we all become better leaders, our community benefits. So mm-hmm. to your point, yeah, if if they improve in their strategy. Gosh, the whole community benefits at the end of the day. Isn't that what we all want? Mm-hmm. Right. Especially when, when you get, go into a political office, at least that should be your goal, right? <laughs> right, right. So I do, I do hope our community is better for this and not um, – and uh, this is the last thing I'll say about this point is that when I said yes to this journey, I said yes to the whole journey, not just the office – which I hope I have the office, and I, I think I can do some incredible good with it. Mm-hmm. But I said yes to elevating this community, even through campaigning. Mm-hmm. Andrew, it's a unique opportunity and a unique moment in life for someone like me to have this publicity. People are watching. Why won't I want to use that mm-hmm. to lift up the whole community, not just my campaign? Mm-hmm. I want, yeah, I'm like, let's, we're going to lift up this community because it's publicity. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So what, what things are you excited about when it comes to uh, the change that you are wanting to bring? Yeah, uh, what am I excited about with regards to the change? I, and I want to I tweak that language mm-hmm. a little bit. There, there are some changes, mm-hmm. but there are also improvements, some improvements. Improvements, you know, there's, I, I want to acknowledge the work of my predecessors. I... Um, I've spent time with Mayor Steve Bach, and I, I love the work that he did with just laying the foundation for a strong mayor and doing the hard work on all of our behalf to to help us in that transition. I mean, that was that was hard work. Um, he's also a business leader. Um, I want to I want to acknowledge um, the current mayor for his infrastructure work um, with stormwater and 2C and the road repair. Um, there is some great work that has been done, and I fully intend to build upon it. Mm-hmm. And so when we talk about change, I'm talking about building upon the work that others have done. And one of the most significant shifts you're going to see with my administration is being um, a business-led, uh, business imagination, uh, economic development, um, workforce development. Um, I feel like those are the current tension points and the future tension points. Mm-hmm. Um, you and I as business uh, people, we know that our current challenges are uh, work uh, w- workforce related. Uh, we know our current challenges are um, the the current state of our economy, and in terms of um, 
the rising cost of everything. How's mm-hmm. that gonna How's that gonna affect us? And and so um, I I fully intend to lead from my experience. Mm-hmm. And my experience is, is is starting three businesses in the city. Mm-hmm. My experience is having been involved in workforce development in this community. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's so much to those. My experience is having been a civil servant, a public servant for the last three years in city government as the small business development administrator. And that's how I discovered you guys and and, Definitely, and yeah. followed yeah, in that role and watching you tell stories of other businesses. Um, mm-hmm. So as a small business development ad- administrator for the city, whose job is to support businesses and be the first point of contact for on behalf of business owners, mm-hmm. it was important for me to see who are some of the people that you were interviewing because I didn't know many of them. Yeah, yeah. So I'm There's bringing, a lot of businesses out there. <laughs> there is a lot of businesses. I, so I'm bringing all that experience to the office mm-hmm. and the work I've done with trying to reduce cut red tape and trying to streamline with new technologies the process of, mm-hmm. of the permitting process in, in our community. So w- what would... Some people just don't have ambition to start businesses, but right. that's okay. <laughs> and, right. and like, because... You know, we still need businesses run on employees. You know, so right. <laughs> so it's like, how do you, I don't I'm, I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but it's like, how do we inspire people to to be happy? I guess, <laughs> and and you know, I mean, because I mean, some people don't even like care to to help community. You know, right. <laughs> and so. I mean, maybe maybe that's not who you're talking to. I don't know, right. but we would. I would. I would like to reach everyone, you know, <laughs> and get everyone in a place where they're inspired about what they do, right. whether it's running a business or going to a job, you know. <laughs> you are, you are singing my song. Okay. I, um, I I usually ask the question, "What gets you up in the morning?" Mm-hmm. When you and I met, I remember asking that question. Okay. Yeah, it's like, what makes you tick? Mm-hmm. Um, I I often I've I've rephrased that to say, "What gets you up in the morning?" Mm-hmm helps you kick ass during the day mm-hmm. and go to sleep at night. Yeah. And that's what we're talking about. What what are we living for? Mm-hmm. What inspires us? Um it's in all of us. And I just believe um our from as human to human, mm-hmm. if we can help each other pull it out of ourselves, mm-hmm. I think our world would be a glorious place. For sure because uh, I think a lot of the 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 issues that we face in our community are derived from people who who don't have nothing really to live for i guess right. you know <laughs> right and it's 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 yeah it's a it's a gradual process and a journey and i want that for everyone and entrepreneurship as you and i know can help that yeah but doesn't have to be the starting a business doesn't have to be the only way mm-hmm. to get there i mean we live we live in an entrepreneurial city. I mean, look at the number yeah. of nonprofit start that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's an area we need to curate and pay attention to because I, I I see so many nonprofits. I see so many social impact businesses, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Colorado Springs has an entrepreneurial spirit. Mm-hmm. And what you and I will say is that we've probably grown the most from the process of yeah. being entrepreneurial. So whatever that is, whatever. Whatever start doesn't have to be an organization. It could be a project at work. It could be you raising your hands to say, "I want to. I want to be involved in this. I want to help build this. I want to help start this." And you have no idea even how to do it because that's how most of us entrepreneurs are doing. Yeah, uh, yeah. we say yes to things that are just way mm-hmm. over our head. But in that process of doing things that are bigger than us, that's where we grow the most. Mm-hmm. We. Yeah, and you when you and I met, I heard your story of how you've grown from your process of being a business owner. And definitely, yeah, I think we both want that for every single person. So, how do we inspire hope? Mm-hmm. How do we inspire courage? Um, how do we inspire joy? Yeah, in these days, especially as we know that hope and joy is becoming more scarce. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I think I, I kind of have a theory of why this city is so entrepreneurial. Is cause yeah, I'd love to hear yeah. it actually. <laughs> I think I'm in uh, learning mode <laughs> yeah. as a candidate. I want to learn as much as I can. Definitely, man. And I, I feel that it's, you know, a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people are transplants. I think Colorado has that. That's has a good that. point, right. And, you know, the, the, a person who is willing to uproot their their, mm. their life, you know, 
that is kind of already they're already in a kind of growth mindset i think you know (laughs) but i mean powerful yeah yeah i think think that that has something to do with it. (laughs) right no you're right that's that probably has a lot more to do with it than i actually gave it Mm-hmm. That we that I gave a credit because a lot of us have are transplanted, mm-hmm. and in my case, I I can see how even that being transplanted from my country of origin, oh yeah, twenty six years ago, um, that that was a courageous act to come to the U.S. Mm-hmm. to a new land and and yeah, but that that pulls all kinds of um, it forces you to grow, it forces you to grow, <laughs> and so many people have done that in Colorado Springs have mm-hmm. left, yeah. Well done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have to remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was just thinking, thinking that. But, uh, but yeah, man, this is this is exciting. Your your you, like your your campaign trail, like, and when when it says like you're going in the office, my first inspect, my my first like image of that is you know like you're sitting at a literal desk, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and so it's like, what does it entail? Like, how do you do the things? Like, what does actually being mayor mean? Right. Uh, that's a that's a great point, and I want to come back to the desk uh, yeah. because that's when we think of uh, you know the politician or like the, the office of the president of the yeah, United yeah, yeah. States. You think of the Oval Office and mm-hmm. the desk. Um, boy, I want to move away from that image, yeah, and yeah. I'll come back. I'll come back to to that in a little bit. But what is the what is the job of a mayor? Um, surprisingly, I've been asked that in, um, um, a number of times, and I think it's easy to assume everyone even knows what the job of a mayor, a city mm-hmm. council member, or, or who even the vice president is. I mean, that's just the reality. So it's 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 upon me to help explain that. There's a 41-page um, document called the city charter. Think of it as our local constitution that, uh, that has um, many of these are laws, and many of them are even laws that the citizens and the residents of Colorado Springs have said, this is what we want, mm-hmm. including in 1979, we moved to a nonpartisan race. That's really important for people to know that the office of the mayor is supposed to be nonpartisan. And that's like in the, in the... It's in the city charter. Oh, wow, okay. Actually, we are, every candidate is supposed to submit a sworn affidavit to the city clerk who oversees mm. our city election that we're not endorsed by a political party. That's interesting, okay. And here's why this is really important, Andrew, for all our listeners and everyone watching is, City flourishing, city advancement, city growth should not be a partisan issue. Mm-hmm. So the office of the mayor should not be about politics. It should be about you putting the citizens first and the residents first. So the city charter in the 41-page document outlines what the job of a mayor is, including mm-hmm. the city clerk, city council members. And part of my job is to be the chief executive officer of the city and run a really great city. Mm. I am supposed to ensure that our roads are kept, our neighborhoods are safe. I am sure I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to ensure the well-being of all residents, all residents. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say that in addition, so this is my addendum to the city charter document. I feel like the office of a mayor has natural influence and actually has natural power. And I want to use that mm-hmm. for the good of Colorado Springs residents. Yeah. So what that means is, you know, leaning into all the right issues and conversations and joining the chamber in economic development at, at the, and being the lead recruiter mm-hmm. of great businesses and great talent. Because sometimes, you know, no one other than the mayor of a city can call that person, mm. that influential person, and they're going to pick up. Um, I was speaking to a group of leaders this week, and they asked, "What I mean, what's the biggest thing that you're noticing in this season um, of campaigning?" Mm-hmm. And I said, "The biggest shift for me is I call people, and it doesn't go to voicemail anymore. People answer. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, I don't even have the job yet. Yeah. So that goes my, back to my earlier point about you know the using the oppo- the campaign itself as an opportunity to move the city forward." And leaders will pick up and say, and sometimes leave conversations and meetings and say, hey, Yemi, what do you need? And that's a type of influence the mayor's office mm-hmm. carries to move, flourishing, and thriving forward for all people is that I'm able to have those phone calls with local people. I can call local pastors and CEOs and business mm-hmm. leaders to the table and say, we're going to tackle this problem together. One of my biggest strengths is that it's a unifier of people 
and collaborator of people. So let me end with the office, the desk. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I do not like that image yeah, because yeah. what that means is me. If, if um, that means me being at my office in a city government space and asking people that saying, "If you want to meet with me, come mm -hmm. to my office." That that it can feel boring too. <laughs> it's boring. It can feel intimidated. Mm -hmm. What I plan to do is what I've always done: to go to people. Mm. Um, I will. I do plan on doing business walks, and what business walks are is you know taking time to go from business to business, and hearing from people, making yourself accessible mm -hmm. instead of saying business leader, schedule time, come meet with me. I'm going to schedule time to just show up and say, hey, how you doing? Mm -hmm. Give me some feedback. How can we serve you better? So if you go on my website yemiformayor.com, and my policy of economic and affordability. It uses the language, I want to champion a human-centered economy, and that is putting business leaders at the center of the decision-making process. Mm. So you're the, the needs, the challenges of the business leader, of mm. the business owner, of the worker, will be the focus of how we, we help determine how we make decisions. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's important, too, because... People typically who are in business are the ones who are actually like the movers and doers and make things happen inside the city, you know? Exactly. And so it's like touching those people are going to allow the best growth, I think, you know? Right. And I think that's also important that you've done business. And I think it's important that, you know, people who are running for any office maybe should have that kind of executive experience or at least be trained in. I don't know. It's like, right. <laughs> right. I think, I think it's, it's good and I, I like it. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I, yeah, I, one of my, and it's touching on an earlier point that I made. I do think one of my most competitive edge is that I've done it. Mm -hmm. I've been a business leader. I've been a business owner. I've been an economic developer. I've mm -hmm. been a workforce developer. I've, you know, I've, I've been there. And then I have the even added advantage of I have the respect and the influence of the people I'm going to be leading. Mm -hmm. I've been a colleague. I've been, a, for three years, I've been a city worker. So I know mm -hmm. who who they are, who what the challenges are. And many of them have said, yes, we, we want you. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. And it was the, the SBDC, right, that you were, you were? No, the city of Colorado Springs. Okay. I actually was on the same floor as the, as the mayor's as well, oh, okay. the sixth floor. So the, <laughs> I don't even know where that is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 30, south, 30 South Nevada. Okay. <laughs> for the corner right there. Um yeah, they and maybe that's something we need to change. Where is that? Let's make that accessible. Yeah, I mean, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's, um, and one of the things I'm, I am running on is to increase access in mm. and access to to city government and also with and increase transparency, mm -hmm. transparency too. But so yeah, we have the SBDC, mm -hmm. Small Business Development Center, mm -hmm. and ACTA, who a number yeah. of us know, ACTA um, has that role, and I worked in collaboration with ACTA. So my role is actually city government proper, mm -hmm. and my my work was out of the Office of Economic Development. Okay. So the, my title, Small Business Development. Mm, that's where I got confused. Development <laughs> is, a, is a key difference between what I did and mm -hmm. what ICTA did. Oh, okay. So ICTA worked in a more just general administration, so finance. Let's teach you how to create a business plan. Mm -hmm. I want to put a shout out. If you're listening and watching, and if you're trying to figure out how to get a start in your idea, mm-hmm. SBDC is a great place to start. For sure. So yeah. I, uh, I was, Ikta and I talk about how her, her work is in the step one or step two mm -hmm. of the business journey. Mm -hmm. And then you get, to, which is to create a business plan and to form your LLC. Mm -hmm. And then you get to step three, especially when you're looking for a space. Mm -hmm. And then you start to trigger a bunch of government permit issues mm -hmm. that you've never done before. That's where I came in. Because it can be hard and complicated, and sometimes you're stuck in the process. Mm -hmm. And who do you talk to? Yemi's here for you. So that's what I did for the last three years. Mm, okay, yeah. I, I probably should have talked to you then, because <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not going to throw myself under the bus or anything. But I kind of just did did things, you know. Right. I, I just do things, you know. It's like I don't let anything stop me. Because right. if you have all these things, these 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 walls that you keep hitting, you're never going to get things done. And so I was just like, I'm just going to 
shoot first, ask questions later. <laughs> and I don't know if that's the best way to do it, but that's the best way I knew how to do it. That's <laughs> I, Actually, we teach at the Thrive community, We we and this is very true of the startup world, we we talk about ready, fire, aim. Mm, okay. Because sometimes you just have to mm-hmm. do it and then... Okay, then, then course correct. Yes. Um, but that's a business journey. I I was like you and my business partner and I had to figure things out. But I believe that we can make it easier for mm. our residents. And it's why I said yes to that job. Um, and that job, I, I led a team called the Colorado Springs for Small Business Advancement Team. Okay. Um, I think you guys in this podcast, you know about that team. It's, Definitely. It's dynamic. It's, uh, there are 20, 20 leaders that convened on a monthly basis, and it was just a joy to lead that team. And that team is made up of three buckets of leaders. The first bucket is the government people. Mm-hmm. So um, utilities, city admin, county, region, regional building. So the government people that touch the small business development process. The second bucket is make, made up of the business service organizations, SBDC, Chamber and EDC, mm-hmm. Downtown Partnership, so the organizations that serve, the, uh, the nonprofit organizations that serve businesses. Then the third group is one of my favorite. It's made up of a, business, of a couple of business leaders, a commercial broker, a general contractor. Mm-hmm. So the business advocates that interact with the development process, that group meets on a monthly basis to say, what else? What else can we do? And I mm-hmm. put a vision in front of that group about four or five years ago, and I said, um, we're going to make Colorado the most small business-friendly city in the U.S. And we've been working on that vision. And, and I think you guys have done a good job so far. We have. <laughs> or the I whole mean, city has, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I, I would tell you um, the number of uh, significant accomplishments. Uh, one of them is um, cosopenforbiz.com. So if you're watching and listening, check it out, cosopenforbiz.com. The idea is that Colorado Springs is open for business and therefore we should be friendly and therefore we should make the process easier. So it's a series of roadmaps for the person that has never done it. Mm. We will walk them from step one all the way to your grand opening. And then we have your direct point of contacts and these are direct numbers mm. of people you should be speaking to um, directly. Um, and the other one is um, I'm so excited about. This one I'm really thrilled about. Uh, Open Counter. It's not public yet. Okay. Open Counter um, is a modern permitting tool that improves the residents and the citizens' experience of government. So hang with me here for a second. Mm-hmm. You have in our city, you have regional building, mm-hmm. you have utilities, you have city admin, fire, and planning development. You have county. So what I'm saying is that you sometimes depend depending on the type of business that you're trying to open. You have different government entities you have to speak with. Mm-hmm. And it's upon the business owner to try to navigate the permitting information and the cost. Um, what I'm trying to do, what I was trying to do, and what the team is still trying to do today, they're working on it uh, every week, is to unite all of those. Government, we have to talk amongst ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we have to make it easy for the business resident. And I would say they have to be able to be in their PJs at home online going I want to open up a barbershop mm-hmm. and instantly they should be able to type in barbershop and every part of the city that is zoned for barbershop mm. should be able to come up instantly we have all that back end knowledge mm-hmm. why not just put it into a system that that can just that makes it easy for the for the citizen to yeah. find out and then there's a, like a turbo tax calculator nice. based off of what you're selecting the, the fees are being computed. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the day, you know what that exact amount is to go on your performer for your business start plans. Mm. So that's that's what we're trying to accomplish. Just make that easy. That's, so yeah, that's that, group, that group I'm really proud of. Um, I'm no longer leading that group. Mm-hmm. Clearly I'm campaigning. And, yeah. <laughs> but it's still, it's still moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so you, you have a lot of experience with working with small small businesses and this is a business podcast and I'm, right. I'm happy to have you on <laughs> you should definitely connect us with more people in that arena i think that would be good to have some of them on the show as well cool. and i think that'd be cool but I, the the question i, I want to ask is what do you see most common with a business that fails what are they right. not doing 
So not a business, not not a challenge in terms of start, in terms of why they fail after year two or year mm-hmm. five. Um, I would say the the answer I want to give is a challenge not just with business. It's a challenge for um, everyone. Mm-hmm. It's finance. Cash flow. Cash flow. It's um, the more we know about finance, even personal finance, mm. the better we are at our business finance. I have, I have a theory that the way we handle our personal money is how we handle our business money. Mm. So um, if you're a spender and you're not doing your own personal you know, income versus expenses and mm. what's what's left and what do you do with your net income, reinvest, we bring that directly to our business. Mm-hmm. So we... We have, we just have a. I think we have a crisis in terms of money management, mm-hmm. and at Thrive, we're trying to get ahead of it. So we we have mentors and we have guides that are helping our cohort of entrepreneurs get around their own personal management of money, Makes knowing sense, that yeah. it's going to bring that to business. And then the second thing that I would say is, most of us get into business for the love of the service. And the craft. Yes. Um, and we see an opportunity to bring that to the public. Mm-hmm. But most of us didn't get into business to learn about the nuts and bolts mm-hmm. of how to operate a business. So there's that learning curve. Mm-hmm. The discipline to actually do that work. Right. And I, and I, and I don't think it's one that we can't overcome. Mm-hmm. I do think we, we can be better at mentoring and that development, peer-to-peer mentoring or friend tours or actually mentors mm-hmm. to help us through um, because the journey of entrepreneurship can feel very lonely. Yeah. Marcus has been a good friend tour. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, we, we do need that. Exchanging ideas, mutual development and growth and, and being vulnerable enough to say, hey, I'm struggling. Um, help me. I, I feel like we, we can, if we did that better, businesses can last past two years. Or, or that five-year hump. Mm-hmm. And to, to, to just basically ask for help? Ask for help, <laughs> yeah. Ask for help, ask for help, ask for help. Because we're all struggling. Yes, <laughs> in we, different different ways. <laughs> we just, we just everybody's, we're all pretending and everyone looks good, but we're all struggling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the reality. Nice. Well, I have a few questions that, that uh, some people wanted to, to ask you. Yes. Uh, knowing that you were coming on the show. Um, someone wanted to kind of, she was, she was interested about, you know, we kind of have, uh, an influx of homeless people in, in the community and her question, she would like to know what specific changes you are wanting to make in that and how, how the homeless outreach team can be expanded to help residents who struggle with homelessness, people impacting their business and homes actually. Yeah. Um, Gosh, um, whoever that is, I don't know your name, but thank you for asking that question because it's not just a a question about um, that connects to all residents um, and affects the quality of life for the whole city, but it's also a question that many business owners ask, mm-hmm. especially me. I'm a downtown business owner, and we ha- part of being a downtown business owner is dealing with our homeless residents. Mm-hmm. I will tell you, um, I, I would love to tell this person if we were face-to-face, is there is some good work that is already happening yes. that I would love to build upon. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll tell you a couple. One of them is what she's mentioned, the homeless hot, hot outreach team. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also another one. Um, there's, a, there's a one from the fire department. There's one from the police department. It's very similar, hot and hop. And... Those are innovative programs, non non emergency service programs to try to get uh, find get help mm-hmm. to um, what some quote unquote the frequent users of the nine one one system, and it's under the care system out of the fire department, and I do see an opportunity to put more investment in that. Right now, they've been innovative programs that have been. Um, not fully sponsored by the city, and it's also sponsored too by the general donation of funders and and grants. So it's been a partnership between the city and other grants. I do feel like we can we can scale those. 
mm-hmm. because they not only make a difference, um, they also help save the city money. Okay. Because um, the more we lean into the to the cares and hot and a uh, hot program, the 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 less likely we are to send a fire truck to go yeah, deal yeah. with. Yeah, because mm-hmm. there's a lot of money every time we send a fire truck and mm-hmm. a, and a staff, um, a team of people. So the it it feels physically res- um it feels also physically responsible um, as well as Im- it's making a difference. So I I'd like to see an expansion and a further investment of those programs. Um, the other one that I, I see that has made a difference is the partnership the city has with key nonprofits that are making a difference mm-hmm. in those areas. Um, I, I, it's really important to me to know where government can make a difference and where we shouldn't be putting our nose in. I've worked in that environment yeah, yeah, yeah. for three years, and there are some things that only government can do. Like we've talked about police and fire and public safety and some of those things. Um, Having the city of Colorado Springs be a homeless provider, it's a bad idea. Mm-hmm. I mean, because in a world of government, we have limitations, and we have to worry about risk management. And but one of the things that has been done right, that has been done well right now, and I give the current mayor credit for this, is the partnership with providers. And one of them is Springs Rescue Mission, mm-hmm. and I sit on that board. Oh, nice. Yeah, I've, I've sat on that board for the last four years, and I've watched the progress that. Mm-hmm my organization, Springs Rescue Mission, has made Mm -hmm. over the years in not only bringing in, making a, uh, creating a low barrier entry for anybody Mm -hmm. to come in, but also moving them along the process of housing and also getting a job. Mm -hmm. And so I fully intend to explore opportunities, uh, to enhance those opportunities to continue to partner with Springs Rescue Mission and other providers, because you have the place I mean, their 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 specialty is with um, um, youth homelessness and and some of those other folks that are doing a great job in our community. Yeah, yeah, and like as the city grows, I can only imagine the the homeless population grows. We got people coming from Denver as right. well, you know. It's like, but we're also in a very transient area, right. you know. So it's like I think that's that's I did a video with Frank Sinclair called Faces of Homelessness, mm. and we went and we interviewed a bunch of homeless people, and it was just interesting wow. where they were all coming from, you know. Uh, like n- most of them weren't even from the Springs, you know. So someone was just she she came up from Texas. She moved in with uh, her her like sister in law or something, and she got kicked. Wow. She got kicked out, and she was just trying to f- find a bus ticket home, you know. So it's like, it's it's it, it, every every situation is different, you know. So it's like I'm just uh, given what I've seen, you know. From you know that's powerful. <laughs> You're humanizing our homeless residents, and I think that's really important to humanize them. And many of them are just. Mm-hmm. Moms and dads and uncles and aunts and sons and daughters and um, another opportunity is to partner with organizations like you know Crossfire that are working that are um, helping the working poor because um, there are a lot of families in our community that are one bad break away from homelessness mm-hmm. and that's the story of what you said of that lady that moved in with her sister her sister in law. Mm-hmm. And she robbed her and kicked her out, you know. Right. <laughs> so one bad, one bad decision, one bad break from the world of homelessness. So we, if we can help even some of those in our own community mm-hmm. uh, avoid that, I think that's a way to get ahead of, yeah. of homelessness. And Crossfire is an incredible organization that is doing that. So you hear me give a lot of kudos and shout out. To okay. different because I want people to know what's happening in our mm-hmm. community. So and who they can reach out to, if who they, they want can reach to, out yeah. to, and I fully intend to leverage this campaign trail to point people to where they can get help and the good things that are happening. Okay, sweet. Yeah. I actually, the the next question is from someone who was at your uh, announcement. At, oh, very yeah. cool, uh, Michael Shoning. Actually, okay, uh, yeah, he wants to know what what you're going to do to make it easier to start and sustain business in Colorado Springs. Oh gosh, um. Shout out to Michael. <laughs> I know who you are. You're a good one. And you're doing some great job, too, in that space. And so I, I applaud you, too. Um, what, the best way for me to answer this is to continue the work I've done. I'm really proud of the work I've done. I stepped into public service with that passion, that, um, what Michael's talking about, to start mm-hmm. and sustain. I, um, I became an economic developer I, I, accident, I, I accidentally stumbled into becoming an economic developer. I actually even know that that was a career. 
I, we opened the Wild Goose, and the Wild Goose was um, my heart and intent was we would start this business, and then we would teach others to do the same. So, which is economic development, right? Boom. <laughs> then somebody said, hey, so you're, you're doing this. You might as well get paid for it. Yeah. <laughs> and I became an economic developer. So I've always been passionate about what Michael is um, asking. And so I fully intend to continue to champion the local business owner. Mm-hmm. completely um, and to focus on that human centered economy and putting them at the center of my decision making and asking them saying what else do you need how else can I help you what can our city do better so we will continue initiatives like the Colorado Springs for small business advancement and that team coming together putting their heads and minds together to say what else can we do to make the process easier we will continue to pro- um, pursue initiatives um, like open counter, open counter, mm-hmm. to make the permitting process easier and to streamline mm-hmm. um, the government processes for small businesses. We're going to lean into things like that and reduce red tape, no matter how hard that is. Because I I do want to see as many business starts in this community for the reasons that we talked about earlier. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and open counter is not available yet. Is it's it? not available, okay. but it's being worked on. There's two. There are two different platforms that are being worked on. One of them is the zoning and the business, mm-hmm. which is more relevant to this conversation. Mm-hmm. So my hope and dream is before the end of the year, something comes out public around yes. this. I'm so excited. Is this a free service? It would be a free service. Nice. Um, this is this is my project, one of my projects when I was at the city, and one that I fought hard and worked hard to unite all these government entities. It was hard. Mm-hmm. I'm proud of my colleagues. They hung in with in there with me. I was able. I was always able to, in a typical meeting, I was always able to um, pull the business owner card. So I literally oh, yeah. switch. I'm like, okay, I know I'm a colleague and a and a public servant, but let me switch hats. Mm-hmm. As a business owner, I hear you, but that still doesn't help me. Mm-hmm. So lean into my business experience, and I give them credit for for doing that because um, they have their own challenges too associated with being in government. Mm-hmm. But so that should come out, open counter should come out before the end of the year for two platforms, the business and zoning and special events. Oh, okay, nice. So we, we went ahead and pursued a special events portal so that for the resident that wants to do an event at America the Beautiful Park like Yemi did on yeah, April yeah. 4th, <laughs> there should be a streamlined process. Because you, uh, like business start, you have to talk to different entities. You have to talk to police. You have to talk to fire. Mm-hmm. You, have to, you have to talk to parks and rec. And how can we streamline that process so that the person that is wants to open, that wants to do an event mm-hmm. knows what the options for what park that they can host, what type of event, and what the next steps are, and what it's going to cost. Yeah. So those two things should come out for that's the cool. end of the year. So when people come and say, well, what experience do you have? I was like, I've already been doing what I fully intend to continue. Yes. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah sweet. So uh, the next question is actually, I, I'm pretty sure she's a friend of yours. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's Kristen Faith. <laughs> oh, hi, Kristen. And she she just wanted to, to know what your first order of business would be when, when you get office. Oh, that's a great, that's <laughs> a great question. I My first order of business is the same advice I give every leader, every new CEO, every new, um, whoever says yes to a new leadership challenge, listen, 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 listen. And one of that, some of that is I, I've always valued being a frontline leader. Um, Abraham Lincoln is one of my heroes. Mm-hmm. We share the same birthday. Nice. So by virtue of sharing the same birthday, I was thrust into this man's life. Mm-hmm. And I find similarities in our leadership style, including not always being perfect, but weighing and wrestling uh, through different ideas from different camps and trying to make the best decisions for our people. Um, but one of the things I've always valued in him is this leader of the people. He's always been a man of the people, frontline leader. And that's how I fully intend to lead. Mm-hmm. I need from the thousands of people that work in city government and walk in those halls and take in those rides with fire and CSPD and not just hearing from their leaders but the people in the front line who are doing the work, understanding what's working, what's not working, what are the challenges, um, and doing the same with my community, calling on key leaders and key people and being present, learning, 
being an undercover boss, if you may will. Okay. <laughs> and yeah. just and and gathering all that information and then convening some of those key leaders and saying, Okay, well, here's a summary of the opportunities we can build upon and the challenges we have. Now let us create a strategic plan for the next chapter of our city. Awesome. So. Yeah. Well, sweet. That, those are the, I just had three questions. Awesome. Uh, um, is there anything else you'd like to, to let the people know? Um, gosh, I, you know, um, the three of us in this room, uh, our world lives in what's traditionally known as small business. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a sole proprietor, the small partnership, the mom and pop. Mm-hmm. Um, what is even small business? Who knows? I mean, the definition is really interesting. Is it size? Is it yeah. street definition? Is it, um, in addition to small, there are a number of local businesses in this community that make up they're the backbone, really. They, and many of them actually provide those even higher-wage jobs that I can even provide that give residents the opportunity to be able to afford to live mm-hmm. in this community. They're in manufacturing. And by the way, I started my business career in manufacturing. I love manufacturing. Okay. <laughs> so they're manufacturing. So shout out to my manufacturing friends. You know who you are in this community. They're in cyber. Shout out to my cyber friends. They're in defense. Um, I've met with a number of defense um, CEOs and owners. I mean, um, 44% of our economy is around the defense. What's defense? Um, defense is aerospace, is the military. Okay, yeah, gotcha. that's um, And that's where the military um, comes in. They, by presence of these four, four bases, that whole ecosystem creates opportunities. It does, yeah. New opportunities for... Leveraging some of those um, um, defense technologies and mm-hmm. a, uh, a civilian, a commercial version of that, uh, that many of these companies are impacting the nation. Mm-hmm. Um, there's healthcare sector. Um, gosh, it's it's IT. I have a lot of um, IT and software and app friends in this community. These guys and women, they all make up. They are all responsible for the thriving of these communities and our a good strategy for me as mayor would be to lean into some of these communities these businesses and figure out how to help them grow how do we help our two million dollar businesses become five million dollars how do we help our five million dollar businesses become ten million dollars because more that they grow Mm -hmm. they become more headquarters and then begin to look for new locations across the city. Mm-hmm. And as they plant regional site across, not the city, the nation, guess what all that money comes back to? Back to the city. Comes back to the city. <laughs> yes. So if we can help create new headquarters as opposed to just recruiting, we do need to recruit. And I want to be at the helm of recruiting the right flagship businesses like your Amazons. And they, mm-hmm. they uh, don't get me wrong, they also matter. How to recruit, the, but if the biggest opportunity is to help grow local, create the new local Amazons, let them have regional site, and that money comes back to our city. Mm-hmm. So I just want to give a shout out to those businesses and to say, I see you, I'm with you, I want to help you grow. Um, even though my work right um, has uh, landed in a small business, traditional small business, my work at the Chamber and EDC was for those people. Mm-hmm. Um, and to help get out of small business. Exactly. Or not get out, but get to, to the next grow, level. Yeah. To grow to the next level. So there's real opportunity there. Yeah. And I'm excited to take on that challenge. Sweet, man. Well, this has been a great uh, podcast, uh, and I'm so glad you came. And uh, it's been, I think there's a lot of good takeaways people can, can take away from it, and people can get to know you a little bit on a more personal level. Thank too. you yeah. for giving me the opportunity to be on your podcast. I, I respect the work you're doing because it's storytelling. Mm-hmm. It's storytelling on, in the area of economic development and all the, and these business leaders that are that make up the fabric of our our community. So thank you for inviting me, and I love the timing. Also, two weeks from my announcement, yeah. And so <laughs> I, I really appreciate the the platform and the voice you're giving me to really 
tell my story mm -hmm. to the rest of this community that I love so much. And we're talking about it two weeks from the announcement, but it'll probably be released two weeks from now. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's that's good clarification. Yeah. So yeah, so about a month from the announcement. Yes, so exactly. Thank you. And yes, yeah, sweet. Well, uh, this has been the COS Business Podcast, and we'll uh, see you guys on the next one. And we'll see you back here sometime soon. <laughs> I'd love to be back. Thank you. Yeah. All right, later. <laughs>